Like they said, my name is Ben Feenup. Um, if you don't know me, I'm, here, I'm on staff here at Orchard Hill Church uh, with high school ministry. Um, the last time that I was teaching on stage, it was over in the gym, I was with my wife, and she was very pregnant at the time. So I brought an update. I've got a few pictures of, that's Emery Diet. Um, the middle one is her favorite way to lay, face down especially when her tummy's upset. The good news is, is she got all the characteristics. She looks just like her mom did, except she does have a little mustache coming in, so she's going to have to live with that for the rest of her life. But she really is adorable, and she has me wrapped around her finger um, already. But tonight is a unique night. As you can see, we're in a different place, um, and we're nearing the end of a very crazy and strange year. Uh, I was given the privilege to choose to teach about anything, which is really dangerous, especially if you know me. I mean, who knows what I'm going to say up here. Uh, but I love that um, when I teach, I get to share the things that I'm learning about, and especially things that I am learning about now that I wish I would have known when I was your age. Because I learn things now when I'm like, man, if I knew that when I was a senior in high school or a junior or a sophomore in high school or a freshman, Jack, uh, then I would have been way better off than I was. I've been reflecting a lot recently on this last year, and I think that tonight it would be a good time to take a look back uh, at how God was moving in our lives in this last year. And that's what I've been praying all week is that we will all walk away with a better idea um, about how God has been uh, moving and how he's been at work in our lives. So the first question, obviously, that I want to pose to you is what has God been doing in your life over the last year? Because I promise you he's been doing something, and even if you haven't noticed it, he's been there with you. Now, what if I told you that this last year was the worst year in human history. That there was a global pandemic which shut down the whole world. Schools closed, proms were canceled, sports were canceled, churches closed for a while, businesses closed. There was sickness, people died from the illness, people were isolated, alone, sad. There were life-changing accidents that left people forever changed. There was hate in this world. This past year, there were natural disasters, derechos, tornadoes, hurricanes, things we have never seen before in our life. It was horrible, terrible. Could it have been any worse? In Ecclesiastes, it says this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun, under the heavens, a time to die and a time to uproot time to kill and a time to tear down, a time to weep and a time to mourn, a time to scatter stones and a time to refrain, a time to give up and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to be silent, a time to hate and a time for war. You may have noticed that that was not actually directly quoted from Ecclesiastes. That was not the whole story. That was only half of the actual verses in that story in that uh, section. That was all of the negative parts from Ecclesiastes. And on the screen you'll see that there are really positive things that go along with each negative thing. But that's what that perspective 
Last year was the worst year ever. Feels like. We were unlucky enough to have all these things happen to us. And that's part of the story, but it's not the whole story. So what if I told you instead that this past year was just another year overall? No better, no worse. Although we were more isolated and there was a pandemic, this past year saw communities come together. It saw problem solving and troubleshooting at an all-time high. People loved their neighbors. Families got to spend more time together, build closer relationships. When we went back to school and church and saw our friends, we were more thankful. We had persevered and moved forward, even if it was hard. But there was a lot of pain and brokenness and hardship. But isn't there always those things? And I mean this in no way to diminish anybody's experience. This last year was really, really hard. People lost loved ones, they lost jobs, they got sick. Some people are still experiencing and dealing with those things. And if you are struggling, I do not wanna gloss over what you went through this last year. It was hard. But wasn't, isn't every year hard in some way? Again in Ecclesiastes, it says meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye is never enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything which one can say, look, this is something new. It was already here long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. I know you're probably wondering, or saying, what positive and inspiring words, Ben. Thank you for that positive and uplifting message tonight. I really needed to hear that as I go into finals. So as I said before, these words are from Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes was written by the wisest man to ever live, Solomon. So Solomon asked God for wisdom and God made him the wisest person to ever live. He was King David's son and he was also king of Israel. He led God's people. And he starts by saying, meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And he goes on to say, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. And he's basically saying, this has all happened before, guys. Things repeat themselves. This wasn't the worst year ever. This has happened already, which is a little bit more of the story. It really is, but it's still not the whole story. I believe that, in fact, saying this diminishes people's experience, and it makes it a little bit worse, because I feel like if I knew I got through this, no one else has ever gotten through this pandemic, I would feel pretty special. I'd be like, yeah, I did that. We did that. We're pretty strong and powerful and awesome. But 
what Solomon is saying is nothing is new and everything is meaningless, which is just a freaking downer, isn't it? It is the worst. But if you believe it, that is how Solomon started a whole book of the Bible. How many of you want to keep reading to see what else he has to say? And for the most part, you wouldn't because the tone of the whole book, the book of Ecclesiastes, is chapter after chapter about how pointless and meaningless things are on this earth. Work, wisdom, possessions, relationships, everything is meaningless. Solomon constantly reminded us that nothing in this world mattered. I would not recommend this book if you want an easy, comfortable, positive message. And you're probably all wondering, Ben, what are you doing? You've made the point, this has been a hard year. You've made the point, isn't every year hard? Why would you keep on telling us that everything is meaningless and nothing is new under the sun? And you would be completely justified to ask those questions. But I think that those questions are where we get stuck. And I think that maybe some of us are stuck in those spots right now. We're stuck in our thinking of things or events because we miss the bigger picture. We aren't looking at the whole story. So I want to turn the page both literally and figuratively, and we're gonna skip ahead to the end of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 12, and it's the last two verses, and they say this, now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So I'm going to do a quick Ben paraphrase of the entire book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon is saying that everything is meaningless without God. There is nothing new apart from God. Nothing matters apart from God. At the end, he gets more of the full picture. God sees and uses everything and gives it meaning. So to return to my original question for everybody, what has God been doing in your life over the last year? What things looked meaningless from our perspective on this earth, but really God was using to point you or point others to him and to shape us into who he calls us to be. And this is where I want to spend the rest of my time tonight. So, if you've stuck with me this long, and you're not totally lost and confused, you made it through Ecclesiastes, great work. If you didn't, and you need to reset, this is a great place to refocus in and listen, because I'm just going to give you an example of what it might look like to look back on your life and see God moving. I'm gonna share just a couple stories of you in my life over the past year where God was completely and totally in control. And while I'm doing this, you can think about your own story a little bit. <clears throat> so, looking back on my life, I can see God's thread throughout my whole story. And I like to think of it as a little golden thread moving and guiding my life. But I'm gonna start <clears throat> last March, early, when all this crazy madness began. And it actually began for me and Haley, my wife, a little bit earlier in March, we moved 
from our two-bedroom, one-bath house, very small, to a six-bedroom, three-bath house, a little bit bigger. And to be honest, we weren't even really looking to move or wanting to move because we loved our house, we loved where we were at. But when we first walked through our new house, there was something that drew us into the idea of moving specifically into this one house. And I really resisted it. <clears throat> Haley was sold as soon as we stepped in. I was like, this house is out of our price range. It's only six blocks from where we currently live. Um, we are not prepared at all to do this. We don't have a loan approved or anything. And I kind of like where we live. And by the time we get everything done, it's probably going to be gone anyway. But once the seed of the idea of moving was planted and we started working, it all just kind of fell into place. And honestly, I tried really, really hard to find a different house that was less expensive, not quite as big, uh, that we could move into, or honestly just convince Haley that we could just stay put. And convince myself too that we could just stay put and be content. But you'll see here shortly where God's hand was in it all. A week or so after we moved in, we got a call from a friend who had a foster child who they thought would fit better in our family than in theirs. And in our old house, we would have never been able to do this. It was too small. It wasn't really up to code. But in our new house, we were able to say yes. And shortly after we said yes, everything was shut down. Because this was, you know, like before spring break, before you uh, went on spring break for six months. And as soon as everything shut down, we had a teacher who had to teach all day to second graders, my wife. We had a student who had to be on Zooms and doing homework all day. And then we had me, a grad student who was working from home. And we were able to get our work done, spread out in our space, and not drive each other completely crazy. And at the same time, when the work was done, we were stuck together and grew our relationship. Being stuck at home for the three of us was the best thing that could have happened for us. God used our situation and gave meaning to the quarantine in our new house. Through games of Catan, take out food, and every single Marvel movie, except for Hulk, we became a family. God used this time, God also used this time to help Haley and I grow closer together by using the patience and communication needed in parenting to build each other up. And believe me when I tell you that I have learned more from parenting in the last year about God and his character than I had in any other situation. God uses situations to teach us lessons on how to be more like him. Just like Jeff talked about a couple weeks ago when he was talking about the Holy Spirit, that God, through the Holy Spirit, speaks to us in ways that we can hear. How does God speak to you? How did he speak to you this past year? This past year, God was at work for us and our family. And as things opened back up and the year, school year started and things got rolling, we found out that our little family of three was going to grow. <clears throat> and with the addition of Emery, um, there came a lot of new lessons on parenting, communication, being married, and there were a lot of blessings from God. 
And I know I'm skipping a whole bunch of a a whole chunk of time, but we're going to bring this to the present moment. Because God showed up recently for me in my life in a really cool way. So like, like I mentioned, I'm graduating. I didn't mention this. Some of you may know I'm graduating on Saturday with my master's degree. Thank you, thank you. Uh, but I have been struggling lately a little, okay, maybe a lot internally about my next step and my next season of life because there's a lot of transition and change happening and I do not know if I'm ready for it all. I have second-guessed and third-guessed myself and my plans, wondering if they're really God's plans. And one thing uh, that has been constant in my life since I was five until now, maybe even four because of preschool, is that I've been going to school and I've been working on my education. So that's like 20 years. And that's going away now. I'm going to be done with school for the first time since I was four. But a couple days ago, I got a message from God which confirmed to me that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And this story may sound dumb to you, but to me, it really spoke volumes. So a little fun fact. I love listening to audiobooks. I hate reading. I read at like very slowly, but I love audiobooks. And I listen to an audiobook about an hour every single day. And on Sunday, one of my professors asked me what audiobook I was reading because she knew that I loved listening to audiobooks. And it's this new book that I just started on Friday called Tipping Point, which that doesn't matter at all for the story, but I just thought I'd share that. She told me that she also started reading that book on Friday. Okay, not a big deal. Lots of people read books. But then on Monday, in a class that I'm taking online for Christian leaders, which was recorded about five years ago, the same book, Tipping Point, was referenced by the professor. And also on Monday, when I was listening to that book on my way home from Grundy Center, that book referenced the previous book that I had just finished listening to on Friday, and they're not really related in any way. And that may sound just like one giant coincidence to you, but I truly believe and am convicted that God was reaching out to me in this time of transition and change and telling me that I am right where I'm supposed to be. Over this past year, God has been with me, moving around me and through me, teaching me things, revealing things to me, and he has been at work in my life. And the crazy thing is, is that I didn't notice in the moment that God was working. I didn't even notice a couple weeks later or the next day. It took me months to look back and notice it. And at every meeting we have at Orchard Hill Church, we talk about stories of God at work, which is basically what I described to you tonight, the story of how God is working in my life. And they can be really short. They can be like, today the sun came up and I knew God was there. You know, it could be that simple. So tonight in your family groups, I just want you to think about this past year and try to find that golden thread of God working and moving in your life. I want you to have space to look at what's been going on and see where God has been with you and using other people um, to reveal things to you.
But to close, I just want you to sit back, relax, close your eyes, and I have these quotes from C.S. Lewis, who is a great author, wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but he was also a really great theologian. And each of these quotes is from a different book or a speech that he wrote, but I think that they do a great job of summing up the things that I was trying to share tonight. The first one. Isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different? I felt that this last year. The future is something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour. Whatever he does, whoever he is, he or she. Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. God intends to give us what we need, not what we now think we want. This next one coming up is, it's convicting. We regard God as an airman which I assume means a pilot or something, regards his parachute. It's there for emergencies, but he hopes he'll never have to use it. We're not doubting that God will do the best for us. We're wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. Faith in Christ is the only thing to save you from despair. And this is the last one, and... I think this is the most important one for looking back at this last year. God has infinite attention to spare for each one of us. You are as much alone with him as if you were the only being he had ever created. I'm going to say that again. God has infinite attention to spare for each one of us. You are as much alone with him as if you were the only being ever created. I just, that last one's just incredible. Okay, I'm gonna pray. The band's gonna come up, and then we're gonna, I'm gonna come back up again, and then we'll go to family groups. God, you are so big and powerful, and we cannot understand uh, the things that you do or the reasons why things happen. And that's incredible. That's a thing to be celebrated. God, thank you for um, always remaining with us and staying with us, especially this past year. God, we pray for anyone who's still struggling with um, repercussions of isolation or illness or injury. that you would just continue to give them peace and hope and guide them um, and help them to find the golden thread uh, that's running through their life. It's all in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.